there, my name is Natalie Nation and you're listening to Feed That Nation. I'm a graduate student, I'm a future registered dietitian, I'm a health educator, a content creator, and a self-proclaimed mac and cheese expert. I create content here on Feed That Nation all about college life, college health, and college wellness to help you, my fellow college students, to be more healthy, more successful, and more confident in your college journey. I upload podcast episodes right here to YouTube and to your favorite podcast listening platforms every Wednesday, and I upload vlogs all about college life, tips and tricks, food and recipes, my patio garden, and whatever the heck else I can come up with every Saturday. Don't forget to go follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation and go check out my blog, FeedThatNation.com. I will leave all links below. Also, and I am so excited to announce this, I am partnering with an affiliate program with a company called Coconut Whisk. They produce all kinds of vegan, gluten-free, allergy-friendly baking mixes. And I am so excited to work with them. They're a Minnesota company. They're small, they're local, and I love their mission. I love their products and I want to share them with you. If you use the link below in the description box and you use my coupon code, you will get $3 off your order and I will make a small commission. I can't wait to showcase some of their products to you guys in future vlogs, but in the meantime, go ahead, check them out. Know that I would not have partnered with them if I did not truly believe in them and know that I am so excited to be working on turning Feed That Nation from a hobby to something I love that is also profitable. So go check out Coconut Whisk by clicking the link below. They have all kinds of pancake mixes, cake mixes, muffin mixes, cookie mixes, and mug cake mix, which is super cool for my college student friends out there. They, they offer all kinds of products and I have truly enjoyed all of them so far. I am so excited to continue to try them and to continue to work with them. Thank you so much for supporting me and for supporting Feed That Nation. I also, before I get into this week's podcast episode, want to share with you my food, my follow, and my fun for the week. Remember, this is something I've recently started doing where I just have three recommendations for you guys of stuff you should try, stuff you should do, stuff that's been really uplifting me lately that I want to be uplifting you with as well. My food for the week that I really think you guys should check out is fresh tomatoes. Now, I've told you guys before, I am not a huge fan of raw tomatoes, but summer is my exception, truly, because in the summer, tomatoes are fresh, they're in season, they're so much more flavorful and juicy and tasty, and I have just been loving fresh tomatoes lately. I have a cherry tomato plant in my patio garden that has been absolutely flourishing, and my husband and I, our favorite way to cook our cherry tomatoes is to roast them in the oven with onion, garlic, olive oil, and balsamic vinegar. And then you get this really juicy, roasty tomato onion thing that you puree and turn into a marinara sauce. It is so good. I like can't even express to you guys how good it is. I really think you guys should try out fresh, garden fresh, farmer's market fresh tomatoes this summer. My follow for the week is the Food Heaven podcast. They are at Food Heaven and their two hosts, Wendy and Jess, are full of energy. They talk about such interesting things on their podcast. They talk about so many things related to health, wellness, racial equality, things in the media, and they're just so much fun to listen to. I have actually been listening to them for over a year, but really I've been into their, I didn't follow them on Instagram until recently. 
and I have just been really loving their content lately and I hope you guys do too. And obviously this week, if you've seen the title of this episode, you know that I'm talking about staying active in college. So I'm gonna shout out two of my previous follows of the week, Mouse Fit Kitchen and Jessica the Sports RD. They both have super awesome uplifting content related to fitness and wellness that I think you guys should check out as well. I will leave those links below. My fun for the week is to get outside and enjoy this beautiful August sunshine. Obviously in Minnesota, the weather's probably a bit nicer than it might be elsewhere, a little bit cooler, but my summer classes are finally over and my fall classes don't start until after Labor Day. So I have got a couple of weeks on my hands and I am just hoping to enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the weather, stay outside as much as I can and just, just have fun. And I hope you guys do too. So this week I am talking all about staying active in college, being active as a college student. And I feel like I cannot start this episode without first saying that college doesn't always set us as college students up for success in this area. I've said it before, but I don't think college actually sets students up for success in a lot of ways that have to do with their health. But I think specifically the college routine and sort of the busyness and the craziness of what it looks like to be a college student these days even in quarantine with social distancing and this weird, weird, weird time we're in right now, college just <laughs> makes it tough, to be honest, to take care of ourselves because of the craziness of the new routine. Even if you're someone who lives on campus, your routine shifts a lot from semester to semester and from summer into fall. And not only that, but your, your schedule changes, your availability changes, the weather changes, everything changes and it can be really difficult to prioritize having time to be physically active. But I just want to say that when routines change, when lifestyles change, when schedules change, it is okay and it is very normal for bodies to change and it's not a bad thing. You know, if you went from being a high school three sport athlete to not being an athlete in college and not competing, your body is probably going to change and that's okay. I think also another area that college kind of doesn't set students up for success in is sometimes the gym or the rec center that is set up for college students, which colleges are generally pretty good at providing that for free or for very low cost to college students, but it's usually not super conveniently located. I know my current institution is a very, very large university and the place where my classes are is like a huge long walk away from where the rec center is. And if I was living on campus, a lot of the dorms are very far away from where the rec center is. And so I, as a college student, you know, if I'd gone to that school for undergrad, would I have wanted to walk or bike all the way to the gym and all the way back in the dark, in the cold? Probably not. And a lot of schools are the same way. And I think thinking about is it safe? Is it comfortable? Is it convenient? Is it intuitive to go to the gym to work out? Makes a big, big difference for college students and colleges don't always set students up for success in this way. I was really lucky that my undergraduate institution was very small and the gym was very centrally located on campus. So pretty much wherever you were, you were pretty darn close to the gym. And that was super lucky and I definitely took that for granted. 
there are a lot of different opinions on the best way to work out or the best routine or doing it right, getting it perfect. And I'm not talking about what evidence says about, you know, what science has shown to be more effective workouts, you know, hit and dynamic stretching and whatever else. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the pressure that our peers and the media place on us to work out right, the right way. And that sucks. And that's just another thing that really doesn't set us up for success. But I just wanted to share what science actually says about how often we should be working out and how much. And the Mayo Clinic recommends that people get 150 minutes of moderate physical activity or 75 minutes of vigorous physical activity spread out throughout the week. And that's sort of vague. My best understanding of moderate versus vigorous physical activity is that moderate physical activity is where you're sweating and you're moving, but you can still speak pretty comfortably. And vigorous would be that you're working out too hard to speak comfortably. If I find a resource that describes it better, I will link it below for sure. And physical activity, aside from the obvious, you know, it helps our heart to be stronger, it helps our muscles to be stronger. It has a lot of other benefits. Physical activity helps to regulate our appetite. It helps to regulate our sleep patterns. It can be a good tool for helping to alleviate depression and anxiety. I mean, I've heard, we've probably all heard that like physical activity can help to relieve PMS and cramps. I'm so skeptical. I know it works, but I just never want to do it, you know. But there are so many different benefits to physical activity that it is so worth our time as college students to invest in that, even though scheduling makes it tough, even though location makes it tough, even though everything makes it tough. It is so worth it. We owe it to ourselves to do our best to care for ourselves in that way because of all the benefits of physical activity. The way I like to describe physical activity is it needs to be joyful, it needs to be meaningful, and it needs to be regular and intentional. Joyful physical activity means that we're doing activities, we're moving our bodies in ways that we enjoy, in ways that make us feel good and confident and strong. And this is going to look different for every person. You know, some people love lifting, some people love running, some people love yoga, some people hate lifting, some people hate running, some people hate yoga, and that's okay. You know, we shouldn't be forcing ourselves to do physical activities that make us feel uncomfortable, that make us feel bad about ourselves, that we don't enjoy. The other pieces of it, you know, meaningful and intentional, that is more or less making the intentional choice to move your body in meaningful ways for the purpose of getting that movement and getting the activity, you know. So, you know, that's making the choice to go on a walk. That's making the choice to go to the gym. That's making the choice to do a yoga video or to go dancing or to go hiking. And then the last piece is just regular. Obviously, we have the recommendation for how much physical activity we're supposed to get or that most people need, but really the most important part is that it's just regular, more or less consistent physical activity in your routine. You know, if you work out for an hour every day for a week and then don't work out after that for another two months, that's not regular or consistent. You know, even if all you can manage is 10 or 15 minutes a day of going on a walk or a yoga video or whatever it is, like that is meaningful and that is intentional and that is regular, you know? whatever it is, and it is going to look different for every single person, and that is okay. My relationship with physical activity has been tumultuous, 
I would say. I like that word and I think it describes it well. As a kid, I was not athletically inclined. I hated gym class. I didn't like playing games at recess. I would much rather have been hiding in a corner reading a book or staying in when it was cold. I the only sport I ever signed up for was volleyball in middle school, and that was a horrendous failure. I did not enjoy it. It was not fun. I did not particularly get very good at it. And I've just never been very athletically inclined, and I feel like I've built up a lot of shame and even, like, some internalized trauma related to that. You know, the kind of thing where in middle school you're playing kickball in gym class and you're going to kick the ball, but all the boys know that you're not very good, so they kind of, like, creep in so that, you know, they're going to catch it. That was a long time ago, something I get over, but I feel like I still carry a lot of that shame of like, well, what if I'm not doing it right? What if I'm not doing it good? What if other people are gonna make fun of me? And so in college, I've really had to work hard to remove myself from that shame and find activities that I don't feel shame doing and activities that I love and activities that make me feel good and strong. And I would say that my relationship with physical activity now is so much happier than it was when I was in high school and middle school because I've taken the time to acknowledge that, you know, I'm not really an athlete. You know, I'm not good at team sports. You know, I'm not super, super athletic. And that's okay, because that's me. And I still move my body and I still take care of myself and that's okay. You know, I found things that I really enjoy and I found things that make me feel strong and confident and I found things that I can do regularly. And that's the important part. And so I wanted to share some of my tips with you guys for how you guys can work on, you know, regular, joyful, meaningful movement too. And my first tip is that if you do not like going to the gym or you do not want to go to the gym, you do not have to go to the gym to still get regular, joyful, meaningful movement. There are so many ways that you can regularly move your body that have nothing to do with being in a gym. There are plenty of body weight exercises and workout videos on YouTube that you can do in your dorm room, and there's lots of biking, hiking, dancing, walking, jogging, etc. that you can do that have nothing to do with being inside of a gym. You can do them wherever you want, whenever you want. I have found a lot of comfort in not having to go to the gym and not feeling like me not going to the gym is me not doing it right. You know, if I wanna do a yoga video in the comfort of my living room, just me, I can, and that's meaningful. You know, if I wanna take myself on a walk, that's meaningful too. My next tip is to work on not comparing your physical activity and your movement to other people's physical activity and other people's movement. One of my roommates my freshman year of college was a student athlete, and so she was always working out. She was very passionate about working out. She enjoyed it, and she was in the gym. I feel like she was in the gym every day, and that sort of made me feel uncomfortable about my physical activity because I felt like I wasn't doing enough, and I wasn't doing it right because I didn't like going to the gym, and I didn't work out every single day. And so, and this is no hate to her at all. She was a very good roommate and no hard feelings at all, but it was just very tough to feel that way. And so I had to overcome that. And I had to be like, she's a student athlete. She has different interests than me. You know, we have different schedules. We have different routines. That's normal. That's good. That's okay. And I had to kind of work on that for myself and find things that I enjoyed and find things that I liked that were completely separate from whatever she was doing. 
So I'd encourage you, don't compare yourself to other people. You know, some people work out regularly. Some people run marathons. You know, some people are very athletic. Some people are not. That's okay. And you don't have to be like other people and do what other people do to still move your body in meaningful ways. My next tip is to try things that you used to hate. And... (laughs) Uh, story time with this one, I suppose. A couple of stories, but my first story is that growing up, like I said, I was not an athletic person, and something I really didn't enjoy doing was running. I have a very distinct memory of being in my freshman year of high school and being in gym class, and my gym class was full of cross-country runners and soccer players, and we had to run the mile, and so all of the student-athletes in my gym class finished the mile in like six, seven, eight minutes. And I was chugging along and I hated it and I hated it and I hated it and I finished in like 12 minutes, which is still fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but I was so embarrassed and I just, I never liked running. I never felt like I was good at it. And so I just never did it. But in college, I really wanted to challenge myself to see if I could enjoy running and see if I could improve at my running. And so I started to just go up to the track and run a few laps. And then I would go up to the track and run a few more. And then I would see if I could run a whole mile. And then I could see if I could run two miles. And then I could see how fast I could go. And through that, I discovered that I wasn't as bad at running. And I was getting better at it. And I was learning to enjoy it. And it felt good. You know, my body felt good because I was moving it. And through the course of, this is probably a three or four year period, I continued to run. I continued to get better at it, stronger. And I ran a whole half marathon last spring, spring 2019. And it was actually through running the half marathon that I realized that my relationship with running had really turned around. It was something that I felt strong and confident doing, but it wasn't something that I loved. You know, you guys know I have ADHD and for some reason running 13 miles was just really boring and really hard. And, you know, it was a little bit too hard on my body, I think. I was very sore for weeks afterward. But moral of the story, I used to hate running. And then I challenged myself to, you know, see what I could do. And I did way more than I ever thought I could. I think the second story is that I, as a kid, wasn't comfortable in team sports. And I was awkward and I felt like I was doing it wrong the whole time. And as a college student, I have tried different team sports, you know, intramurals and pickup soccer games and whatever else. And I found that I'm still uncomfortable doing that. And it still doesn't really make me feel good about myself. And that's okay. But the moral is I'm trying. And I'm trying things that I used to hate. And I'm trying things that make me uncomfortable because I want to get to know myself better. My next tip is to try new things and to try crazy things, and to try wacky things. I cannot tell you how many crazy, wacky physical activity things are on my to-do list, but a couple of things that I tried in college that I have absolutely loved is swing dancing, social dancing. I learned how to social dance as a freshman in college, and it is It was by far one of the best things about being in college was getting to social dance, meet new people, have fun, new skills. We would go to social dance events in the cities and socialize and dance and of course all of that and so, so fun. It was so fun. 
Um, I took an adult gymnastics class offered at a gym near me, and that was crazy, crazy fun. It was kind of just like my childhood dream of wanting to try being a gymnast, and I took a tumbling class, and it was fun. And, you know, I got more flexible. I gained a ton of body awareness, and maybe I'll go back someday and take more classes. We'll see. But that was fun. I've also been trapezing because there's a place in the cities that you can go and take trapeze lessons. And that is crazy fun. It was is so fun. And it's so wacky, you know, it's trapezing. I can say I've been trapezing. And so all of that to say that try new things in college. You know, is there a color run? Is there a glow in the dark laser tag? Is there ultimate frisbee? Whatever it is, try crazy wacky physical activities in college because chances are this is the best time in your life to try out these things and you can try it out with your friends. It's probably cheaper to try it out as a college student. There's all kinds of discounts and events and ways that you can do things less expensively as a college student and it's just fun. You know, it's very low stakes. You know, I went trapezing. It was part of an organized event through my school and I was with like six other girls and not a single one of us had ever done it before. And so we all got to learn together and it was so fun. So try wacky, wacky physical activity. Even try like the less wacky stuff. Like have you ever just wanted to learn how to lift? Go to the gym, watch a couple of videos, you know, start out with low weights, obviously work on your form, but you can learn how to lift. You can learn how to swim. You can learn how to, you know, downhill ski or whatever the heck it is. College is such a great time to learn new things because you're expected to be a student and you're expected to be learning. Take advantage of that. My next tip is for college students who might have mental illnesses that they're working through, might have chronic diseases or disabilities that they live with, and that is to establish for yourself a bare minimum. And I guess I'll just share my story of when you're really depressed and really anxious, it can be so challenging to do very basic things to care for yourself. It can be challenging to honor your hunger by nourishing your body. It can be challenging to take a shower. It can be challenging to do your homework. It can be challenging to move your body at all. And so something I had to set for myself as a college student when I was in the throes of that and still do as best I can keep this as my bare minimum is to just go outside every day, leave my building every day. I don't have to do anything once I'm outside of the building, but just going outside for a little while, getting a little sunshine, maybe going on a quick walk or whatever it is, but I set that bare minimum for myself just so that I'd have something you know, on the really dark days, on the really hard days, like just leave the house, leave your dorm, leave your building. And if you're neurotypical and you're thinking that this is not enough or it's, you know, weird or gross or whatever, I would really encourage you to check your privilege on that. No hate, of course, but chronic illness, disability, mental illness, like it's tough stuff. It really is. So I'd encourage you to figure out a bare minimum for yourself. Maybe your bare minimum is kind of like mine. Maybe it's you're just gonna go outside every day. Maybe your bare minimum is five minutes of yoga or your bare minimum is, you know, up and down the stairs twice or something. Pick your bare minimum and then honor it as best you can. 
My last tip is for people who are wanting to get into a more regular routine of physical activity and are struggling with it, and that is to set yourself up for success. And what that has looked like for me is to, when I was an undergrad and at the school where the gym was very conveniently located, literally 200 yards away from my dorm, it was still a challenge to take myself all the way to the gym to go run or lift or whatever. And so I had to start putting my workout shoes into my backpack with my school stuff. And then I would wear things to class that I could work out in or, th or bring things to change into. And so instead of going from my dorm to class back to my dorm before working out, which basically completely negated any chance that I had of leaving my dorm again to go work out, I would pack all the stuff I needed with me to go do a workout and I would go from my dorm to class, to the gym, and then back to my dorm. And this actually worked really well for when I moved off campus. I would bring my gym bag and pack a gym bag with a water bottle and clothes to change into and shoes. And so I would drive to campus for class and then say, well, I already have my gym stuff here. I might as well go work out before I go home. And so that was what it looked like to set myself up for success. There's probably different ways that you can set yourself up for success, but I'd encourage you to think about what that looks like and to really invest in doing that for yourself. One more bonus tip for you, and that is to remember that moving your body to get yourself from place to place is also physical activity. On big campuses, like the school I attend now for graduate school, it's a big campus. There's lots of lots of walking to be done. And my husband also attended that school and so he would walk upwards of two miles every day or he would ride his bike and he was getting lots of physical activity without even having to really think about it. And so I'd encourage you to take advantage of that as best you can. Obviously, Minnesota winters mean that everybody's just trying to stay warm and get places as fast as they can, but if the weather is nice where you live on your campus, take the long way, ride your bike, you know, walk instead of taking the bus if it's safe to do so. Take advantage of the sort of natural opportunities that you have to move your body, even something like taking the stairs up to the third floor instead of riding the elevator. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Feed That Nation. If you have, go ahead and leave me a comment below if you're watching me on YouTube and tell me about your favorite ways to be physically active. If you're listening to me on a podcast platform, go ahead and leave me a five-star rating and review if you are able. Go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel and leave me a thumbs up on this video. It helps me out so much. Remember to go follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation. Go check out my blog, feedthatnation.com. And if you're interested, go click on my affiliate link below for Coconut Whisk. Remember, if you use the link and use my coupon code, you get $3 off. I make a small commission and it would mean the world to me. Remember, I upload new podcast episodes every Wednesday right here to YouTube and to your favorite podcast listening platform. And I upload vlogs every Saturday. Until next time, my name is Natalie Nation, and you're listening to Feed That Nation. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.